it's basketball season and we've got you covered. The Ringer NBA show breaks down the latest and greatest around the league five days a week. Check out The Ringer NBA show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. I'm wearing shorts. We're going to have to have a chat. About what? About shorts? Just about some of your life decisions. <laughs> life choices. Hello and welcome back to the Stadio Podcast, Ringer SC. I'm Musa Kwonga. I'm Ryan Hun. Ryan, how are you doing? I am all right, thanks, Musa. How are you? Very well, thanks. All the better for seeing you, Ryan. Wow, you're really hyped this morning. I am. Just happy. Do you know what happens? Because when the weather's bad, when the vibes are bad outside, I overcompensate by going the other way. Weather? Yeah, the weather's bad. The weather's bad. Yeah, the weather's bad. Oh, see, I, I love it when it rains. Although, little update, I did go out in shorts on Monday night after we did the podcast. After we- you see, I told you it was, I told you it was shorts weather. Yeah, but it wasn't on Sunday. Well, it, you were fighting it. was on it. the you fence fi- on Sunday. No, it wasn't. You were fighting it. You were fighting it because on Sunday I was out. I'm not a fighter. Listeners of the podcast, he's, he's changing the narrative. It was 27 on Sunday. Yeah, we've already gone into this. Anyway, it's not 27 now. Wow, okay. It's cold and it's raining, so. Yeah, your bad vibes have affected the surrounding. Anyway, no, no. Um, What's wrong with good. my bad vibes? I don't bring <laughs> bad, bad vibes. <laughs> See, it's all, it's all chipper on Twitter and that. Exactly. You don't get to see behind the curtain, everyone. He's exactly. a monster. Behind the veil. He's a monster. <laughs> Hope everyone stays safe and well. Eid Mubarak to anyone celebrating today. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, I suppose some admin? Yep, yep. Ringer.com forward slash soccer. Your piece went up on Monday. Yeah, yeah, just a piece about the Champions League. Yep. Very good indeed. No, oh, thanks, dude. As ever, Musak Gonga. <laughs> you should think about writing a book. Gold star. I don't think anyone needs any more books from me at this point. So it's enough to get on with. A friend of mine was like, oh, I'm going to read your book. I was like, no, nah, life's too short, my man. Don't uh, <laughs> go out and enjoy yourselves. Which one, though? Uh, <laughs> is it Will You Manage? Was it a curveball? One from the <laughs> archives? Oh, no one reads that anymore. Oh, my goodness. 
Stadio Outro's playlist on Spotify. You can check all the music we play out with each episode in one handy playlist. The newest one's at the top. And yeah, if you do listen to us on a podcast app that allows you to rate and review, please do so. It would be very kind. And I think that's everything. So today we're going to cover a couple of little bits of mm. football and then we're going to open up the mailbag. We haven't done a proper mailbag for ages. While. Yeah. So thanks to everyone who submitted questions. And Oh yeah, another thing is, it is Mental Health Awareness Week this week. I didn't mention it on Monday. But one thing that we would say is that, you know, our emails are always open. We might take a little while to get back, but we're trying to get better at it. Yeah, yeah. Daddyoffootball at gmail.com. If you ever want to get in touch, anything at all. Apart from, I don't know, Moose's media requests. I'm not his agent, all right? Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> it's like, I'm not getting paid enough for this shit. <laughs> oh god if he's airing your tweets there's a reason for it don't don't email me about it <laughs> i'm not seeing the tweets i don't see all the tweets yeah yeah it's hard tweets. when you've got a billion followers isn't it oh my god wow oh, i don't see the tweets i've just got too many followers sorry guys you're gonna wow. have to speak of it guys you're gonna have to speak of it wow okay <laughs> do you know what i think i think anyone who um wants to actually talk to you on twitter just has to reply to you more actually wow just keep at ryan hunt if Why you, don't, you just if you ryan, don't, do you know if Booster doesn't reply straight away just give him a few follow-ups the best thing to do is just keep adding ryan because ryan gets so irritated eventually he tells me so it's probably the thing to do like why yeah, are they always telling me that's it, actually so just 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 tweet ryan yeah. that's the best way to do it i think i've been splained quite a lot recently you have been <laughs> like yeah i don't know just sad times sad times anyway I mean, obviously, we should start with the news that Manchester City wrapped up the title because of the result at Old Trafford, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But we're going to save that because we want to go in a little bit more detail, talk about Pep, talk about Man City. So we'll save that either for Monday or after the final weekend of the Premier League fixtures. Congrats, Man City fans. Third title under Pep in four years, which is amazing. But yeah, we'll talk about that more. Uh, Elsewhere, Arsenal won a game of football. They did. Not without heavy assistance. Good grief. That was a tough watch. Arsenal beating Chelsea at Stamford Bridge for the first time in 10 years. Yes, since McArteta was in the side. Emil Smith-Rowe with a goal that it summed up so much. It was just like, it was very messy. And then Emil Smith-Rowe kind of scuffed the finish anyway and it kind of went off the post and it was just a bit like, this is the goal that comes at the end of a season in a pandemic. What was really funny about the whole goal was that we had best been conversation about how all the rotation and like Chelsea weren't playing their best team and all the best of it and other game. And I was like, it's so funny how <laughs> Jorginho, who's been the centerpiece of like a lot of their best work this year, plays that pass and it's just all tired. Like also, it's, it's also a thing about the lack of coordination between Jorginho and Kepa for that anyway. Would have been one of the worst in goals this season. Yeah. I mean, also though, like, Chelsea absolutely dominated the game. They didn't create that much in the second half, but if they had done and won the game 2-3-1, uh, I don't think anyone could have complained about it. But on the other hand, I think it's quite a minor result for Chelsea in the end because I think they'll finish top four. I think if Tucker was going to pick one game to drop points and well, one game to lose this week, let's say, I think he would have picked this one. Think about Tuchel's post-match interviews. They're so honest that they're actually disarming. So you're like, oh, like, do you think you did this? Do you think you did that too much? It's like, oh yeah, we rotated too much. Probably had a bit too much of the mind in the cup final. And you're like, you're saying all the things that your critics are going to say, and you've said them in about two minutes, and then you've bounced. And it's actually quite cathartic for everyone. Was that the 
German interview or the English interview? The English one. Oh, because you just see the German one. No, the English very, one is very different. That's so funny. That's so yeah, funny. Yeah, and this is something I think Derek Ray commented on a while back. Uh, at Derek Ray on Twitter, the great Bundesliga commentator. Um, he said, I think it was Derek Ray. If it wasn't, go and follow Derek anyway. <laughs> Probably but, sounds like a Derek Ray thing. Yeah, know, where he was that. saying that um, the difference in Tuckle's interviewing in English and German is really, really interesting. He comes along, he comes across as like a lot more affable in, in English. Whereas in German, he was very spiky. He went nuclear. After the game. I think he was interviewed by Rafa, actually. Rafa Honigstein on Sky Sport. Yeah, he was very, very spiky to the point where it cut back to the studio and um, Florian in the studio was just like, oh, an Heiser's interview kind of thing. And it was just wow. like, wow. That's, that's deep. Yeah, it was. He was pretty spiky. And I've noticed that a lot. Like when he's done German interviews, he's been far less patient. I prefer the way a lot of coaches speak English with foreign accents and like, not just the, 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 man, the way they frame stuff. Mm. there's such a precision to it sometimes when you speak another language you're more careful the detail and so like everything he says in English absolutely lands so his post-match critique of like Harvard's missing that chance which was a key chance mm, yeah it was he's very honest about it very bracing about it um, and just in relation to the intensity that Chelsea showed or the lack of it I don't know I, I love it because when you have a kind of conversation like that it almost like it strips away so much pretense it stops a lot of swirl if a manager gets up there and is so defensive about what's actually happened, it does create room for people to chip away at the facade. But if there's no facade, you're like, okay, it was a bad game, not an ideal result. We move. I mean, that's literally what it is. It was literally like a, it wasn't the best game from Chelsea. They rotated. They've got a cup final on the weekend. Arsenal Absolutely. really dug yeah. in and defended for their lives, which was probably the best thing about the Arsenal performance. Mm. It was very much like a ninth place side in the Premier League upsetting a top four side at home. Right. Like yeah, that's absolutely. very much what it was. Like Arsenal weren't, I think Arsenal completed something like 200 odd passes and goodness had very, very little possession. But I, yeah, I don't think any Arsenal fan had seen that, had watched that game and thought, yeah, really enjoyed that. It was like really enjoyed yeah, the this result. this is the renaissance. Yeah, this and is the I understand back. why the performance was there, but from a Chelsea point of view, it's just like, just got sucker punched with a goal and Arsenal sat in. And it was like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That happens. Mikel Arteta with no recognised right-backs on the pitch to start with. Three on the bench. There was some good right-back chat going around because of it. I noticed that. I didn't want to comment. I, I saw you tweet that and I was like, you know what? Which one? I don't the, no, 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 no. You know what I'm talking about. I saw that tweet. Right-back Aris. Is, you see? How interesting. I was like, yeah, if that's me that tweets that, it's like, <laughs> oh, oh, Musa, Musa, Musa. And I said, no, let him sit there. I said, no, I'm not going to say anything. I'll, 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 I'll see you on the podcast. I was like, how interesting. <laughs> When I when I send when I send a tweet like that, people send out search warrants. <laughs> How interesting! And I just thought to myself, I, I, I thought, you know what? I'm chaotic. <laughs> you even tweeted the picture, Daenerys. <laughs> what did you say? Release them all. Yeah. Like they were dragons. Yeah, exactly. There was three of them, right? And then three. like Bellerin went down, which is like when one of them got, like when one of them went. And then got the spear of the Night left. King. Yeah. There's only two left. 
I saw, yeah, I saw that trigger. Thought, you know what? Let me just hold back. Surprised at you actually, because <laughs> you usually, you usually very high trigger happy on a retweet. I left it. I left it well alone. I was like, no, I'm not gonna. Let, I'm not gonna let Twitter feed on this. Let let him. It let was a little bit moment. silly. I tweeted far too much about Arsenal on Wednesday. Because, I was uh, crying. I saw that tweet, Ryan. I was I was crying. I was howling. So I saw that. <laughs> Some good right back chat. Very funny. I, mean, I actually said funny. that Arsenal don't score that goal with a recognised right back on the pitch. <laughs> 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 sending on right backs you know you're we just said that many right backs you are you are having a moment aren't you you are having a moment i mean saka played as the right wing back and i think that was there was a lot of space down there jasmine baba did like a an immediate tactical reaction piece about it and mm. she, she was saying the same thing there's a lot of space down there she was actually saying that would, that would have made more sense for for Werner to play with that space but cup final was more important before I think, what's the most fullbacks we've seen on a pitch at any one time? I'm, I don't. That's not. I'm that's not, not sure. Me. That's just, a question for Duncan Alexander. It is. It is. But I'm just. I'm just throwing it out. I'm not saying we should answer it now. I'm just throwing it out there because I'd be interested to see how many fullbacks have been on a pitch at any one time. Mm. People I mean, who played the, like yeah. There was a great. There was a great moment at some time in the second half where Arsenal playing were playing a six-three-one. <laughs> it was like this is cool. Six-three-one. <laughs> oh my god! I was into it, man. Why not? Um, anyway, we should talk about the other games because Manchester United, this was a bigger crime than the Super League, <laughs> according to some, some people, because they rotated. And Leicester won at Old Trafford for the first time in the top flight since 1998. Amazing. 2-1. Yep. Again, I think this is very easily compartmentalised, like the Chelsea result for, for Manchester United. Yeah, and Klopp didn't have a problem with the rotation. A lot, there was a lot of talk about, oh, Klopp would have done the same. But he was yeah. like, no, I get it. I understand it. Um, considering the schedule, I've said this before. Klopp said it was a crime. Klopp said it many times. Yeah, schedule's terrible. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it was a loss for United, but I mean, a lot of United fans are not so secretly happy about that because it makes things a bit harder for Liverpool. I mean, personally, I just think you get, you get the wins where you can. The only high spot for United really was a gorgeous goal by Mason Greenwood, who I think has now got six in his last six. Yeah, that was an amazing goal. The way he sort of smuggled it was a very sort of like a hazard type thing when you're taking the ball on the run. And he's so good. You've said this before. He's so good with his like, with both feet. Mm. Like he takes the ball equally well with both feet, sets it up with both feet really well. Um, the touch that he takes, the couple of touches he takes to take it past the defender when he receives it, that is like peak Aiden Hazard. It was, yeah. actually. Yeah, Hazard's very, ability to go like that at speed to like attack space, attack. Actually, no, Hazard's different, actually. Some players attack space and Hazard and Greenwood attack gaps almost slightly before they fully emerge, which is the hallmark, I think, of the greatest dribblers, actually, to attack a wall knowing it's going to part at some point very soon. Mm. Don't, I hate to mention it to Arsenal fans, but do you remember the one when he had the penalty, that incredible run he went on when like... No, can't remember. Can't remember okay, sorry. Before. Yeah, okay, bleep that out. <laughs> really? Yes, Arsenal yes. just won at Stamford Bridge the first time in 10 years, you bring that up? Sorry. Okay. Only <laughs> this fucking guy, everyone. Tweet him at Okwonga. Just keep replying. If he doesn't respond, just keep replying. Keep replying. <laughs> so yeah, that was United's loss. Uh, I think it was spicy though. Um, no, we of- need to talk about Luke Thomas's goal. Oh, that. Oh my God. Because that was absolutely amazing. And the thing is, that goal. That is a Van Basten type finish. Doesn't matter whether you've got nine changes or not. No one's saving that. Nope. You won't say there were nine goalkeepers, to be honest. I mean, that yeah. was. The angle, the angle of that. It was so good, man. It was very Van Basten. 
yeah. the depth of the cross and the control and the placement or like Totti, like Francesco Totti. It's like, it's one of those things you see that on like a, a top strikers highlight reel, oh, like yeah, an experienced striker, like a Batistuta that it's right up there with everything. Um, I don't want to go through the other games in too much detail, but um, Southampton obviously beat Palace on Tuesday. Yep. Hertha beat Schalke to climb up to 13th in the Bundesliga. It looks like they're going to... Well, there's only three points between them and Arbe- Armenia Bielefeld in the Redegazione playoff, but I think they're going to... They look they look good, Hertha. Unbeaten in seven since Dortmund yeah. beat them before their quarantine break. Someone finally looks like they want to win La Liga. There they do. They do just about, just about. Atleti were brilliant against Real Sociedad and very, very, played with an urgency I've not seen for a long time. Yeah, they looked really good. Um, uh, they were, it was nervy at the end. Marcus Llorente. Two players, yeah, two players who've not had the uh, most consistent seasons in front of goal. Carrasco and Correa really stepping up. Mm-hmm. The thing is, those players give you everything else though. They work really hard. So they got mm-hmm. the end product um, early. Well, they, they went up to an early 2-0 lead with about half an hour. Uh, and then they should have got a third, actually. So maybe, mm. I suppose, in the, in the second, the first half, the second half, they were slightly less precise on the count than they could have been, could have been decisive. I love how unselfish Atleti are on the break. I've got to say that much. Mm. Um, should have made it 3-0. Uh, and they almost paid for that because Atleti did up it. But then Jan Oblak is just, it's just superb. Like Spanish football podcast says, Oblactopus. The Oblactopus. <laughs> He saved things. He said he has no right to. He really yeah. Yeah, has no right to save a couple this of This is an essential, essential, essential result for Atleti because Barca dropped points away at Levante on uh, Tuesday. Three all draw. Yeah. Uh, Levante, who have cost the top three 10 points this season. Levante have come up big. I mean, obviously, they took um, a few points of Atleti in a couple of, uh, just a couple of matches in the space of a week. And it was funny because there was always that gut feeling they'd pull the same trick on Barca. And mm. confession here, I think I told you this. I fell asleep at 3-2 with about 10 minutes to go because the game, it was, late, it was 10 p.m. kickoff, it was late and I thought, oh, let me catch up in the morning. So with 10 minutes to go, I fall asleep and I think it's 3-2 or 15 minutes to go and I wake up and I'm like, Barca, what have you done? I just, and I, the first thing I saw the next morning on Twitter was um, a picture that this football podcast, uh, this Spanish football podcast had tweeted about Ronald Koeman and Koeman just looked absolutely despondent and frustrated and I was like, no, mm-hmm. tell me this hasn't happened again. And it happened again. Happened again. Paco Lopez outfit have done it again. I'm a little bit worried about Getafe. They're down to 16th now. Valladolid have got a game in hand. They're only three points ahead of Valladolid. Mm. Two games to go in La Liga. Um, Serie A, Milan abandoned the unofficial Serie A gentleman's agreement by sticking seven past Torino. Torino were just like, do it. Well, this is the thing I've said about um, Milan before. This is arguably their strongest team. Krunic, Kessier running riot. Benesser looking really good. Krunic were coming on, I think. But Rebic at the top is the nine. The fluidity they get with Rebic there, it's a game changer for them. Mm-hmm. And it has been, actually, I think, in a lot of their best performances. I know Zlatan scored plenty. This has always felt like the future of Milan, watching Rebic up there. Mm-hmm. And he got a hat-trick last night. His movement was superb. Mm-hmm. You know, he can be a volume goal scorer, and he is. And I just think the aim for him next year... I think it's just getting even better and scoring even more, really pushing through. He's got some important goals this year, but I think that looking at this performance last night, if they can get more of a tune out of Tonali in his second season, they could be going places, mm. I think. Top five or one in Serie A. Quickly before, well, two things before we move on. First of all, 
Well, actually, no, we've got one thing about Casey Stoney, but we'll save that for the questions because we've got a question about Casey Stoney. Sporting, they won the top flight for the first time in 19 years on Tuesday, beat Bovis, they're 1-0 at home. They're unbeaten in the league. There's two games to go before they do an invincible season. So Sporting, back on top. It was amazing as well. I was watching the game. It It was a very fun game to watch. But yeah, props to Sporting, great achievement. And um, yeah, let's hope, let's hope they can do this season unbeaten. Right, we're going to get into questions after this. Let's do it. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Dan Kirby says, Casey Stoney, discuss. So Casey Stoney will step down as Manchester United coach. She cited, I think, or alluded to conditions uh, especially at the club in terms of training and f- resources and finance and stuff like that. From all accounts, it looks like she is potentially heading to the NWSL, to the new San Diego franchise. That's a terrible loss for Manchester United. It's a massive loss because terrible. I think they're fun, even though they have up their funding in the last couple of years, and you can obviously see that in terms of progress, I think it's still quite a way behind that top three. Mm. And um, Man United have actually been punching above their weight in Yes. In, in the Super League this season. Which seems yeah. weird to say about Manchester United because they're, you know, one of the biggest clubs in the world. But I think that compared to the, the top three, I don't think they have still dedicated enough resources over to the women's side of the club. And um, she put them like a year and a half ahead of schedule. Way ahead, yeah. Because obviously Joe Montemura has left Arsenal as well. And I was just like, well, this makes loads of sense. Ex-captain, won trophies at Arsenal available mm. that'd be so weird actually if you think about it you had like managers of both the women's and men's first teams that had both captained the club won trophies at the club and were now managers of the club it's incredible yeah but anyway she's not yeah. it looks like she's not going to be there she's going to go to the states I think it's a shame this it's obviously a great opportunity for her and obviously and living in you know, living in Southern California goodness yeah getting paid to coach a football team living in Southern California <sighs> Wow. But it just feels like, and this is, you look what was being, it's bad for everyone. It's bad for Manchester United. It's bad for the Women's Super League. Having this fall, and I'm not saying they won't get in a, a very good manager still, but just Casey Stoney and what she built there and the intensity they brought. There was, it's no accident that Chelsea have been this good this year because I think that Manchester United have catalyzed everyone else. Mm-hmm. I think they've been essential. Like you look what they've done and to a certain extent, Everton too. And also like Reading, like as a mid-table team, like the quality of that upper and mid-section of the Women's Super League has produced some of the best football as a ripple effect throughout Europe Mm. because there just haven't been easy weeks. You can't take a week off. Look how Chelsea got chased to the very end because they knew it had to be like that. And I don't know, I just feel sad that she's going out to project that's under development Whereas Manchester United were under development, but, but in contention, kind of, they weren't, they were maybe two years away, two years of good recruitment away from making a sustained run from the very start of a season. Mm. Like a sustained run where it was like, these people are legitimately dangerous and could take the whole thing with Stoney still there. And I don't know, it really is interesting because 
there was enough money for the Super League, wasn't there? There was enough money to do a breakaway. There wasn't enough money to keep one of the elite coaches of her era happy. You know, that's, that's bad. Yeah, well, That's there really wasn't bad. enough money to, to join a Super League, which is why they wanted to join a Super League, right? I mean, the day there's not enough money at Manchester United is the day the sun falls out of the sky, frankly, but anyway. I could do with fixing up Old Trafford as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh my goodness, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just a shame to see her, it's a shame to see her leave the league, you know? We've gone on about Man United recently and the problems there, but I think that yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just a real shame that a talent like Casey Stoney would want to leave the club for reasons like that. Can I say this as well? Actually, to, to give a shout out to people at Manchester United who are, because there are people in that organisation that really care about doing the right thing. There are people in that organisation that fought really hard to get the women's team off the ground. Mm. And I actually really feel for them. It must be so gutting because they worked so hard to get that thing going. They attracted all this incredible talent. They were building something really beautiful. And how gutted may they be because they've worked so hard to get this done. And there's so much joy and enthusiasm about it. You see it from the fan base and the way that people have got behind it. I mean, a couple of the podcasts in particular have been amazing. Red Voices podcast, shout out to them. They, their coverage of this has been superb as a great United podcast that covered the men and women's game. And, you know, a lot of the big Man United youth accounts have got behind the women's team as well. And it's just, it's so sad because this was a really, this was a real beacon, actually. You've got Solskjaer doing well on the pitch, really well on the pitch with the men's team, the women's team really surging. This is, the reason this frustrates me is because it was a speed bump that wasn't necessary. Mm-hmm. You know, staying in the Super League, this one from Ross, R.C. Stewart, 1843. With Rose Lavelle getting three starts in the final 16 City matches this season, surely there's no way she stays there. Where's the best fit in Europe where she can actually run a midfield in 21-22? I don't think she's going to stay in Europe, actually. I think she's probably going to go to O.L. Reign, who mm. own her, her playing rights if she decides to return to the NWSL. I mean, there's been quite a big turnover of players already this this week. For example, Jill Rod left Arsenal, went to Wolfsburg. Um, Saki Kumagai went to left Lyon, went to Bayern. Um, so those two strengthening their season's not even done yet. The, mm. the title's not even been decided in Germany. I think for Arsenal, losing Jill Rod was a big deal. She's been one of Arsenal's best players over the last two seasons, and. Um, Really good for goals, really good for assists, really good dominant midfielder. And I think it's a real shame to lose her, but Wolfsburg paid a transfer fee. And I think that's still quite rare in those cases in the in the women's game. It's a big statement for Wolfsburg as well. It is a big statement, yeah. She's only still only what, twenty four, I think, Jill Rod. So um obviously used to play for Bayern. So good to see her back in the Frauen Bundesliga. I mean, I do think there is, and I know this sounds like I'm being a little bit of a homer here, but like there is a bit of a space for a playmaking midfielder at Arsenal. But my gut reaction is that she's going to go to OL Reign. I don't think she'll stay in Europe, actually. It sounds strange to say this considering the season Manchester City had. And it sounds, it may sound ridiculous, but I don't think they fully cracked their rotation, that they fully got it working. No. That makes sense. Let's go to another question. I have this one from Matt Wolf, who says, Going off Ajax melting their trophy, what specific oh, yeah. trophy would you want? Would you most want a piece of? So Ajax have melted down the Eredivisie trophy to make little stars for each of the forty-two thousand season ticket holders. Yeah, uh, I just spoke to my mate Bert. Shouts to Bert. He's getting one. That's lovely. That's a really nice touch. I think this from Ajax. I love but it. Which trophy would you most want a piece of? Oh my god, it's sacrilege. 
I know which one immediately I'd want a piece of, but I, I feel ashamed to even say it because I don't, I think that trophy is so beautiful. It should never be melted down. Um, the 99 Champions League. I think the Champions League trophy, I, I think it's, we don't talk about how beautiful that trophy is enough. It is absolutely gorgeous. It's the Palace of Versailles of like football trophies. Like it's the trophy you expect to find at the end of a quest. And it's so funny, isn't it? Because the two most iconic trophies in football are the World Cup and the Champions League. And they're completely different sizes, even like you need a different grip to hold either of them, but they both feel absolutely right. World Cup as a trophy, it's funny because it's, it's small, but it's so epic. Weighty. I, yeah, I, I got to say this actually for football, um, for, like, for the football sort of the architects, the people that crafted the aesthetics of football, they were so inspired and they created those two. They really were. How about yourself? I think I would go for the gold Premier League trophy that Arsene got for going invincible. I didn't know he got a gold one. Yeah, they got a little mini gold one from the Premier League. I was going to say, I didn't realise, yeah, I thought it was like a big old, you know. No, no. It was the one that they gifted him, I think, when he left the club. It was a bit harsh that actually thinking about it. Hey, Arsene, can you melt down your gold trophy and uh, give me a star? But I think if he was going to do it, I think if, 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 as long as he got another one out of it, but that one would be great. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's, that's how I feel about it. Yeah, because the 99 one can't, yeah, you can't melt that trophy. Couple of funny questions. Rich Newbold, does anyone actually want to win La Liga? <laughs> well, yes, they do now. Yeah, they do now. Cunley Ajayo. Cunley, by the way, is... A menace. He's pushing his luck here. He's going to get blocked soon. <laughs> Kohonjo, the Stadio fan club. It's he's pushing his, luck. he's pushing his luck. He just said something, something, a Levante episode. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that I was howling I was like this man wow <laughs> alright before we go for a break let's do this one for Stuart Taylor this is naughty we'll use this to revisit something that we did earlier on in the season okay outside predictions to win the top leagues next year he says menacing this is a menace he said Arsenal Atalanta Sevilla Dortmund and Monaco for me now do you remember when we did the episode very early on in the season we had a question saying what give us one hot take for the season what, I gave like 50? I think yours was Barcelona winning the league. It was. And actually wasn't that wild. It wasn't that wild. And then Barcelona just did what Barcelona had been doing a lot of this year. Mine was Arsenal qualified for the Champions League. Yeah, I remember that too. I remember that too. <laughs> oh no. I missed that time. The worst thing is that Barcelona have cost themselves. This is the worst thing about it. They were in perfect position to win this league. Yeah, but they were also like, um, it was like that tweet that someone, I can't remember what it was, Michael Owen wrote a tweet the other day and someone reposted it saying, how does this tweet manage to be wrong, right and boring at the same time? Yeah. yeah <laughs> that's kind true. of what like Barca have been like this season. Like They've been bad, they've been good, they, they shouldn't have been there, but they actually should be, they absolutely should be there. Does that make sense? They were like a yeah. paradox. That's like, they are, they are. But if you consider where they were this time last year, or maybe not this time last year because everything was pushed back. But after the after the Bayern result and then Messi leaving and Bartomeu still being there, I mean, someone sent a tweet about Messi uh, quoting Messi, and when Messi said, "It's only when people look back they'll realize what a huge achievement it was to win eight leagues in eleven years." People don't appreciate that. Eight yet. leagues in eleven years. It's unbelievable, and they weren't beating clowns. No. Nope. They were not beating clowns. All right, so let's do these predictions, Stuart Taylor. All right, so let's go. Uh, so it has to be outside predictions to win the top leagues next year. So you can't, let's say, you know, you can't say Chelsea, for example, because I don't think Chelsea are an outside prediction to win the Premier League. I mean, then Leicester then. 
Okay, let's say Leicester. You know what? Lille. Lille going to come back strong again. Do you know why I say that? Because I think there'll be a lot of people going, oh, like Lille just like maybe fluked it, um, caught PSG napping. Now nah, Lille legit, they're legit. I like, the, I, like, I like the Monaco shout. I like it a lot. I like it a lot because Monaco have been ascending and they know they had chances and they kind of, they kind of fluffed the ascent. Mm. Monaco were like, they got to like the, they got to game seven of the best of, of the, the best of seven and they missed a couple of free throws. They didn't expect to get to game seven. This is the thing. I don't think Monaco expected to be as competitive as they were this year. So yeah, Monaco is a great shout. And in Serie A, now Serie A is a funny one. Atlanta, yes, but I think Milan, I don't know. I think Milan are going to come strong. Outside chance for outsiders, outside predictions for Serie A next season? Milan. Juventus. Do you know what's funny? <laughs> Do you know what's funny about Juventus? I looked at this squad at the start of the season and thought this squad is unbalanced. Like, like even if that team was coached to the best of its capabilities, it's still not a routine. I mean, they should have been, like, to be honest, they should be neck and neck with Inter. I still think they should be because I think that Conte, I think Conte Juventus wins Serie A. Oh, yeah. I believe that. I believe that. But I also think the squad does have imbalance issues that go beyond Ronaldo. I think they're actually, they're imbalanced in midfield, to be honest. There's not... Well, there's just, there was just, I just remember looking at their squad at the beginning of the season, just thinking, there's a lot here, but it's a mess. Yeah. But I've I, said it's like I, when you're trying, so when, so, you know, it's like, so when you've got a bowl of soup and you go to like get some cutlery and all you find there is knives. <laughs> it was like that at some point. Was that an Alice, Alanis Morissette lyric? No, it's not. It's my own. 10,000 spoons and all you need is a knife. Isn't that ironic? Is that, oh, it's, oh no. Oh, right. So it's a different, uh, can't believe you're that's biting not even off Alanis that's Morissette. Not, that's not irony though, is it? Well, take it out with the lattice. But that's not the word for it. That's at the, <laughs> I'm not going to get into this. I've had this wow. conversation about that song already. Wow. I think we've, well, I, I think we've got him, everyone. I think we've... I was talking to myself. Uh, my theory with that song, ironic by Alanis Morissette, has always been that she was actually giving every example and she was like, I'm going I'm to name all these examples of irony in a song. The irony is that none of them are ironic. That, I think, was the point of the song. Really? So we didn't really answer that question, but I don't really know because it's hard to like, what's an, out, what's an outsider, what's not? Right. Yeah, you know, I think Stuart's are actually pretty fair, apart from the Arsenal so. one, which is wild. He's an Arsenal fan though, isn't he? This is an interesting thing though, with the Premier League. If you think about it, it's like, what is an outsider anymore in the Premier League? Because you've essentially got five teams who, if they won the Premier League, it wouldn't be like an upset. Mm. It's, it's quite strange, isn't it? I think maybe Leicester again would be my shout for next year, but I, don't, I just don't think they'll be able to sustain over a season. Yeah, that's why I say they're an outsider because I think they're going to need a bit of luck. I think an outsider basically is someone that needs teams with more resources to be distracted by being competitive on multiple fronts, mm. which is why I wouldn't put like United there because United are kind of, you know, they have the resources, mm. whether or not they choose to use them. Um, so yeah, I say Leicester, definitely. And in Italy, actually Atalanta, why not? Atlanta, yeah, why not? Well, yeah, because they don't have, said that they, they, well. they massively, massively outperform their budget. Do you know who I'm going to go for in La Liga? Might not be a title, but I'm outside chance for a top four spot at least. This is Villarreal. 
next year. Really? Mm. Okay, another year to get that midfield and attack working in sync. They've got some nice pieces as well at Villarreal. For top five, for top four. Four. I like that. What's it like dropping out? Severe, potentially. They're the most likely to drop out. But then again, Real could have a bad one. Anyone could. Yeah. Let's take a break. Coach Giazzi says, just curious, what is Moose's favourite cupcake that he's ever had? Oh, that's easy. Oh my goodness, an easy question for once. Sea salt caramel. Ooh. With a, yeah, sea salt caramel with a vanilla sponge. Oh my God. And then, yeah, and then you got the toffee popcorn on top. What, what, holy shit. What? Shout out, to cupcake, shout out to Cupcake Berlin. They're amazing. Uh, my sister's calling. One sec, let's answer it live on the show. Oh my goodness. You're live on Stadio. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Can I call you back? Yeah. Okay, bye. <laughs> oh, my sister. Bless her. That's lovely. Right, another one for you, Musa. From Bob Priestley. It's interesting this actually. I'm interested in seeing the answer. Could Musa could Musa please talk about the Rude Hullet slash Brazil story? It sounds like an interesting anecdote. <laughs> okay. I mean you well, can do look, it. I'm gonna bleep it, so it's up to you. But you want to put the Well it wasn't well. actually it wasn't actually Rude Hullet wasn't in I didn't meet him in the country beginning with the letter B. And it you, was the Loris Sports Awards. I, 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 think, I think everyone knows this though, no? Because you told the story on Stadio. No, I don't think I have. Yeah, so I don't know I've told this story about... Um, you uh, talking about your pal, Jill Ellis. Oh, did I mention... I didn't mention that. Oh my goodness. Yeah, and the did. Del Piero thing. Yeah. And the Cafu. Okay, yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, we know. Everyone knows. If anyone wants <laughs> to know it... And, oh, I'm, not repeating, <laughs> I'm not repeating this stuff. Sedentary Gary. The... Uh, Honorary Stadio Club President. Honorary Stadio President. Lifelong. Yeah. Not, not a particularly democratic position, to be honest, Gary. But <laughs> <laughs> Gary says, with seemingly everyone on the Ringer Podcast Network publishing a book, is Ryan open to any ideas? How about a tale of an up-and-coming Bundesliga 2 player who travels to Brazil and a mission from UEFA to compose a new Europa League theme tune? <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a book already kind of loosely around that uh, theme, and I think it's called The Road. <laughs> <laughs> Bleak journey. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well. Uh, seriously, though, though we, I chatted about doing a book, didn't I? But I think I'm, yes. I'm going to have to... We'll wait. It's going to be a while. Take, I'm not sure if I'll do it. I mean, I'm not sure if I'm really, if I really have the talent to do a book, but... You do. I'll try. You do. Stop it. Uh, maybe one day. When I get to that age where I can wear cardigans and people don't judge me for it. You do a great book. Thanks, Musa. Trick is just not to overthink it. Trick is just to like, get the idea and run with it, I reckon. Sounds good. Here we go. Biggest catfish of all time. Annual. Here we come. You're not even the biggest catfish on this podcast. But... That's my book. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what it's going to be? I, I'll tell you what, I, I'll be able to, I'll do 50,000 words, no problem. It's like my struggle, a memoir working with Musa Agwanga. If we, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> if we did a, no, if we did a stadio book called The Catfish Chronicles, I think Stop we would actually it. buy it. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to call my book Working with the Catfish. <laughs> Clear and present catfish. I have seen things you've never believed. That's my opening line. 
Oh, devastating. Let's roll. Next question. <laughs> uh, Abbas, Azaria. Shouts to Abbas. Yes. It's been a mad packed long season. What are you looking forward to when football has a little downtime later on? I mean, what do we get? 10 days, 11 days before the Euros? 12 days? What? Yeah. You know what's actually funny? Because in <clears> Berlin, um, outside spaces are opening up soon-ish. So the bars and restaurants are most looking forward to an evening meal with two really good friends. Am I one of the friends? Uh, no, Ryan, you're not, because I see you all the time. Three really good friends then. Uh, Ryan, do you actually like hanging out with me away from the podcast? <laughs> it is really weird this though, right? Because we're going for a coffee tomorrow, but we actually yeah. haven't seen each other for ages. Really? When's the last time we... I think the last oh. time you and I saw each other was when we... Say goodbye to a friend of us? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness, that's a month. It's a month? Yeah. Three weeks? A month? And yet... It feels like I can't get rid of it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> this is it. It's like, this whole, par- this whole pandemic is a paradox. It is. Actually, one of the things that's quite funny is that a lot of, I don't know if you get this, but a few friends of mine have, have texted me recently and then been like, and I've, and I've said, not spoke to you for ages, how's it going? And they're like, oh yeah, because, we, because I listen to Stadio, I just forget that we actually don't talk, but I feel like I've, li- I feel like I've spoken to you quite a lot. And yeah, like, people assume they've caught up with brilliant. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, guys. Like, no, I want to speak to you. <laughs> yeah, no, so you're really, that's a really good point. Yeah, maybe that's why my dad's just stopped calling now. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, this, the wild thing of the pandemic is, it's just how it warps all sense of time. Like, mm. I... I missed this. There's a thing I, I have to pay for monthly and it's, but it's not um, a routine payment. So I went, yeah, this thing you have to pay for monthly and I missed the payment only by a couple of days because I forgot the month had started again. A new month has started mm. just because there's just no concept of anything at this point. Well, yeah. The thing I'm looking forward to, I mean, we'll get probably two weeks off before we start doing the Euro stuff, right? Yeah. Maybe. Mm, no, maybe a week actually because yeah. of the Champions League and stuff like that. I'm going to do some stuff around the flat. Sort my flat out a little bit. Mm. Read. I've not been reading much. And it's really, like, I still haven't finished in the end. It was all about love and I haven't started one of them because I just, I haven't had the capacity to read for ages. It's really, really strange. I haven't been reading either, to be honest. I haven't been reading either. Even though I've read a few things, the amount that I read plummeted during the pandemic. Like mm. I actually read way less than I was reading before the pandemic, which was really strange. I think maybe because I wasn't traveling so much, I would often, often read when I was traveling. I think that's funny. I, I find myself watching a lot of TV, film, series, because I think it's, I think when you've got moving images, it's immersing yourself in stuff that's like a media activity. It's like being in a city centre again. Mm. Whereas reading a book, you have to do a lot of imaginative work to immerse yourself and find those worlds. Yeah, for sure. Um, Emily Oram said, putting all the disclaimers aside, COVID, etc. have you enjoyed this season? That's a really tough question, actually, because I think so much of the, the, the COVID stuff has led to how the season has played out that I think it's made it hard to separate. Mm. I've enjoyed a lot of the actual football that's been played, but it just... Mm. I don't want to come across negative here because obviously, you know, there are, <laughs> there are worse things than what we have to do. But it very much has felt like the last season has been there for the sake of being there. Mm. You know? I would say I, I haven't enjoyed this season. I say that I've been grateful for this season. Yeah. And what I mean, and that's what I mean. I mean that in terms of like, because it's hard to say I've enjoyed a lot of the 
um, this, the games and the surrounding stuff. And it's been hard to ignore a lot of the surrounding stuff to just enjoy the football. But in terms of something to continually turn to, in terms of a, you know, I said this maybe before, a source for new stories every single week as a distraction from this isolation. Oh my God, I've been so grateful for it. Mm. Really so grateful for it. But even some of the, like the bad games, even the games you can bond over, the ones where like, you know, the, the, the players are obviously knackered and just like going, going through it. And then you kind of that online community you're talking to about stuff and just, I, yeah, it's been, it's been really, really useful. It's like having a tea, isn't it? It's been like, it's been like having a radio on in an empty flat just to have that community and that sound because definitely the first lockdown when there was no football on at all, that was difficult. I, d- I don't have a lot of the challenges of a lot of people in isolation, don't get me wrong. I don't have like, I'm not like a single parent with multiple children where you've got to feed all those mouths and it's like, you know, I don't have those challenges. I don't really talk about the challenges of the, of the lockdown too much because I feel like I, I don't have it as hard as most people. I really don't. And I want to make that clear. I just want to say that having football as a regular outlet to bond around has really, really helped. And that being a mental health awareness week, like one thing we've noticed mm-hmm. is that we do get, we do get messages from people, mm. don't we, about people mm-hmm. going, you know, this has helped. Like having a podcast has helped some people just having that routine. And I think having, um, so again, people may, <laughs> people may not enjoy the study of podcasts. They may be grateful for it. <laughs> imagine, Maybe, imagine that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Be honest, I just listened to study a post- podcast because it's very much just like, we need to get through this. And then one said, once, I've, once I've actually got better things to do, then I'm fucking this off. Someone said he no longer listens to the podcast. Like, on a speaker because it makes the, my laugh makes the dog bark. <laughs> um, dog barks in anger. <laughs> the thing that's made this season difficult for me is just the pure pace of it. Mm. Uh, Patrick Corcoran also said, are you guys ready for the season to be wrapped up soon? Feels like everyone could use a break given how last season finished and how long this one has left. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think I say, I think it's, it's one of those, it's been great, but also it's been, you know, when you have the games spread out, I'm really looking forward to having the games back in mm. certain time frames. That's yes. been the really hard thing, I think, because it is just like, it is never end. I was thinking about doing an end of, an end of year or an end of season roundup, but just doing it in the style of Billy Joel's We Didn't Start the Fire. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Joey. So just That's like going to be not, so rapid fire, yeah. Yeah, just literally just stuff. Dude, that would actually be brilliant. Bina Cromer says, when are you guys doing a What If episode again? We'll do one, actually. Uh, she said, anything on the horizon by any chance probably do one towards the end of the season if not people like a what if don't they they do like a what if yes a, big, a strong hypothetical a strong hypothetical a very mellow take this one from the biz let's do a couple of quick fire ones before we bounce because we got let's a little bit got a little bit deep there didn't we yeah we did but listen they knew what this was yes 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 that's what they fine. came that's what they came here for uh druba chasa druba which coach from any sp- any other sport do you think would be able to transition over to football and also which team would they suit? Eddie Jones. Eddie Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Eddie Jones. Wow. Eddie Jones. Oh my God. Eddie Jones. Absolutely. Eddie Jones. He'd be amazing because he loves, he loves all of it. Best press conferences, loves the chat, obsessed with finding spaces. I think it would be someone, someone from rugby union and rugby league. Because those sports, sports that are obsessed with finding spaces with, because um, what is it, 13 aside in, in league and the gaps are so small. So you've got that like incredible thing about 
the dynamism actually of football and rugby league has always felt quite similar. Weirdly enough, there's always a similar energy to them. I look at like, I thought like Eddie Jones got like a mind of like a tuckle, but he's got that kind of like Chris Wilder type. I'm at, I'm coming for everyone in that kind of same energy. I think, I think Eddie Jones would be amazing. And what, which club? Oh goodness. Anyway, Eddie Jones at Leeds would be an incredible cultural fit because he got that kind of like the rug, like the Leeds Rhinos type. I'm just thinking of like Eddie Jones to Leeds United in terms of a, once Bielsa like goes back to like chill wherever he goes, because Bielsa goes on his other journey, Eddie Jones coming to Leeds would just be like box office. Absolutely box office. He said Eddie Jones to Leeds United. Yeah. Holy shit. Think about it. He'd send for the, one of the first things he'd do would be sending for Manchester United. It'd be like, that derby is that we're going to beat them twice a season. He said, these lot are stealing a living. I can see I'm hyped already. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say Greg Popovich. Pop at Juve. No, 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 no. Really? No, no. Where would he put Pop? Where would, where, would he go? where would he go? Pop would be at, weirdly, I can imagine Pop managing Real Madrid. Oh my God. In a, a full Bernabeu. Such a pop job. Yeah. But I'm not sure if it's yeah. like, if they're like, you know, low key enough, maybe um, Pop at Sevilla. Pop would go to, yeah, Pop would win a league. He, he would win a league with someone like Sevilla. He would, he would. Because he'd have, he'd have the chops to get them over the line. He's a foodie. This is why Sevilla works. Well, Madrid's a big food town as well. No, 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 no. But not like that. No, but you know what I mean? Like he's not a, it's, Madrid almost feels too obvious. You look at San Antonio and he's a foodie. I, this is why I think San, that's why Sevilla is a great chat. I think you nailed it first time. What about Athletic? Yes, Athletic Club. Popper Athletic, he would consistently get them fourth. Without question. Yeah. And then in his last year, they'd go on like a fairy tale run. Yeah. They'd go deep into the Champions League. They'd go out. You know what? They go out, they, they, they come second and they come second or third in their league in his last season. And they go on a quarterfinals run, the Champions League. And then when they said goodbye, it'd be like, Senor Popovich, you're always welcome here. You're an honorary, like, you're mm-hmm. one of us. You can imagine honorary Basque. By the end of it, they'd present him with a plaque and he'd have like an honorary, like, Basque name or something. Can you imagine this? It's very good. Uh, the Biz It'd be like, says, an honor, like an honorary godfather to like so many kids. Let's do this one really quick as well from the Biz because it's kind of related. Is there a move that would benefit both clubs in the Premier League from a straight manager-manager swap? I would say Pep to Arsenal and Mikel Arteta can go to Manchester City. Troll level 5,000. That's very convenient for you, isn't it, Ryan? What's funny about Arteta to Man City is he'd have the pieces... He'd have players he'd worked with. Yeah, and he'd, in an environment that he'd worked with. That would actually kind of make sense, I think. I don't think, because I think that they, they wanted him to potentially be the successor. Here's, uh, okay. Here's the question. Anyway. Here's the question for you then. Here's the question for you. So every club Pep goes to, he looks around and then does something so funky, unexpected and brilliant that everyone ends up copying it mm-hmm. all over, at all levels of football. Mm-hmm. What innovation, if, if Pep went to Arsenal, what innovation would he drop that we hadn't seen before? He'd probably move, he'd probably try the Philip Lahm thing with, with Bellerin. Move Bellerin right. into like a holding midfield role. Yeah, yeah. And it's like Bellerin should be on the ball more. It's not a bad shout. Especially with Bellerin not having the kind of, the light speed gas because of the injuries. Mm. No disrespect, but you know, yeah. the extra gear, maybe the, extra, the, the, the sixth gear has probably, gone it, Yeah, I'm not saying it would be that, but it would probably be something like be, that. Something, something like that. Yeah, yeah. like, or like, ball, like, a, as like a holding midfielder. <laughs> something like this, yes. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. What's your swap? Guardiola and Bielsa. Ooh, I like that. 
Because then Bielsa has all the pieces. Although I would, I'd actually prefer Guardiola, uh, Bielsa and Klopp to swap. Yes, 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 yes. Although, oh my goodness, Klopp at Leeds. Oh my goodness, that's perfect. That's perfect. Love to see that. That'd be fun. Yeah, a lot of fun. I reckon we're good. Yeah. Sorry we didn't get to all the questions. Thanks to anyone who sent this to the, um, sent them in. Hope everyone's staying safe, well, getting vaccinated if they can. When's your second dose? I've asked you this already. I think I asked you on Monday. Oh, uh, a few got, weeks from now. Yeah, a few weeks. Yeah, yeah. Not too long though. Not too long. Can't wait for that. Hotter takes. Yeah. Don't forget to check the ringer.com forward slash soccer. You can check our website, stadio.football. Um, we're putting up, reformatting the older pieces going up. We had We reposted the one from Mash St. Paddy. Yes. About being the last black man in non-league football. It's really good. Yeah. So go to stadio.football to check that. Also, actually, shout out to Mash. He's got an amazing Caribbean cricket podcast as well. Check uh, him out. Yeah. At Mash St. Paddy, check him out. You can go to our Twitter at Stadio. You can go to our Instagram at Stadio Football. Stadio Outros playlist on Spotify. I'm playing out this episode on Tam Tam by Code K. Miss anything you want to add? I'm good. You're on the defence rests. Lovely. All right, then we'll be back on Monday. Yep. Have a lovely weekend, everyone. Stay safe, stay well. Much love.